It's daylight. It's a dollar short. It's Jordan and it's Will. It's load the box. It's Monday, November. Uh, sorry, not November, December fifth. The Vikings are now ten and two. Something we haven't been able to say since 2017. The Vikings have reached ten wins for the first time since 2019, and are one. Daylight. It's a dollar game away. One win away from clinching the NFC North with five games to go. Jordan, we had another. Uh, heart pounder yesterday afternoon at U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, as I came up for halftime yesterday, my wife asked me what the score was, and I said, hey, it's 20 to 6. And she's like, well, that's great. And I said, well, the Vikings always managed to make it interesting. And they made it very interesting. Jordan, what what do you think about that win yesterday? Uh, yeah, it was uh, – I think my dad put it best um, – they, this team has to make it interesting. They can't. They can't just win a game big. You know they did it week one, and I, I really did think they were going to do it yesterday. Um, we should have seen the uh, the Kauriako West game coming when we let them kick uh, like sixty yard field goal before halftime, and of course, you know they kicked it. I saw a stat today. And I did the math, and I don't know if it's accurate. I'm pretty sure 12% of the NFL's 60-yard Olongo field goals in all of history have happened to the 2022 Minnesota Vikings. We've had four made on us this season. Four now? Yeah, we are up to... I just three. It, Wild. I am pretty sure it is up to four, and I think there have been like 38 or something in all of it. I can't remember the exact stat. I remember putting it into my calculator immediately because I was like, holy crap, that's like, that's a lot. That's significant. And it's not like I'm saying, this is not a typical Vikings fan saying, oh, you know, like in all of the team's franchise history, kicks get made. No, 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 no. One season it's been made against us. And I think that Vikings fans would actually be like clinging to that stat as like a don't panic. Kevin O'Connell's fine. Quasey's fine. We got to give them time to build. If we were, you know, 500 in these one possession games, well not, we are, we are undefeated in one score games doing the complete opposite, actually doing better than the complete opposite of what we did last season. So yeah, I mean, it feels good. Uh, defense did what it does best. It bent, it didn't break, it broke a time or two. Uh, but then at the end of the game, when when we needed to lean on them, they were they were right there to to be leaned on. So, um, I'm, I, hey, look, ten wins. Uh, I think that's tied for the most in franchise history. Or does it break it? Does it break Denny's record? Or does it? For first year head coach. Yeah, for first year head coach. I know the NFL that's record a is thirteen. Good it's a good question. I think 10 might be the answer, but I'm uh I think he I'm not tied it. And I think the reason I I knew that like if he won, he either tied or broke it. I think he tied it yesterday and with a um with another win, he will he will go down in the Vikings history books as the best rookie head coach of all time. Um and with three more wins, he will tie Jim Howball for the best rookie head coaching yeah. season of all time. So not out of the question that we could still see some history being made for these these Vikings before the playoffs yeah. even even kick off. But yeah, I mean it was a fun game. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, it was another kind of weird one in that <clears throat> I think, you know, something we're gonna talk about today is the 
the lack of ability of this team, and you hinted at it already, to just put a team away. And I think, you know, hovering around halftime when it was 20 to three, I had the feeling of, okay, finally, we're going to have a game where we can kind of just coast through the fourth quarter and it won't matter a whole lot. Um, Obviously was not the case. I mean, I think a big issue is third quarters. Um, again, a scoreless third quarter for the Vikings and letting the team that we're playing creep back into it. Um, third quarters have been really bad this year. And for whatever reason, because um, I, I don't even know if it can necessarily be chalked up to, you know, bad halftime adjustments because the fourth quarters are always great. And the Vikings going into yesterday had the second most or the second highest point differential in the fourth quarter behind the Jets. <laughs> um 51 and 50. I believe yesterday the Jets outscored the Vikings, what, uh, 10 to 7 in the fourth quarter or something. Yeah, something so, like that. Um, the Jets are still in first there. But it's it's just strange because I don't even know if it's as simple as just, you know, halftime adjustments need to be better. Um, but for whatever reason, the third quarter is just abysmal for this team. And <clears throat> so I don't know. Have you seen anything in the third quarter that makes you think that potentially there's something glaring that needs to be fixed? I want to I want to throw out a get your tinfoil hat, okay? Because I'm gonna dive into like a, it's not a conspiracy, I guess, but like just just trust me on where I'm going with this. Um, I want to throw out this idea that it isn't necessarily the halftime adjustments, but maybe it is a Kevin O'Connell issue. And I think that we're gonna dive into Kevin O'Connell and and kind of talk about you know how we feel he's been doing from a coaching standpoint, um, uh, you know, it, it, during this show. I. I think his biggest inconsistency is motivating his team during the game. Like, when the team doesn't know it needs... Like, I feel like the team gets complacent quickly. Like, if we go up two possessions, all of a sudden, like, Jefferson is dropping balls, and it's like our Madden rating goes from, like, this 99 juggernaut offense to just tanking and being like, oh, yeah, well, we scored 20 points in the first half. Uh, that's over. We're done doing that now. Like we're not moving the ball anymore. But then you look at a game against like Buffalo and uh, uh, you look at some of the games this season where like they have been a little bit more high scoring. They've been a little bit more high octane. And it's like the team knows like, oh, we have to, we have to be urgent in this third quarter and, and every quarter for that matter. There's no time for a lull. And it's it's almost like the Vikings don't, hit that law they kind of did in buffalo they did hit a law i mean they were down three possessions until dalvin broke that big touchdown run but like i don't know it's it's something where it feels like and I, i've said this i think multiple times on the show it feels like when this team needs points and they need a drive they go and they they get points and they get and they and they yep. put a drive together and i don't understand why every drive is not i i know that this is like it's easy to say, like, well, why don't we just do that on every play? But, like, why don't we just treat every drive like, okay, yeah, like, like if, you, if you just put your six best drives out on, in the very beginning of the game, then you can score six touchdowns and, and you know, good luck beating that team. You know what I Like, I don't know. It's, so, it's frustrating to watch. So I wonder if it's a Kevin O'Connell, like, getting complacent maybe the play calling gets a little bit lackluster he doesn't you know maybe he thinks the game is getting out of hand so he doesn't want to 
show too much. I don't, I don't know what it is, man. I, I really yeah. don't. I, I, and I'm not smart enough to figure it out. So, I mean, and, and I'll be open about that. So, yeah. what, do you, what do you think, think it is? It's really hard to pinpoint. Um, yesterday, you know, just to take a microcosm of the season, yesterday, and O'Connell pointed this out in his, in his uh, press conference after the game, was that it actually looked like um, and felt like, you know, poor execution. Um, there were a couple plays, you know, where – the Vikings had an opportunity to move the ball and to put pressure on the Jets defense again. And it was frankly just two, two missed, missed completions. One was the, the, the seam up the left sideline to Hawkinson where Cousins just overthrew him. Um, he was open probably by about five or 10 yards and could have ran for a while. Um, and then the other one was a throw over the middle on a, in breaking route from Jefferson cousins, put it a little bit behind him and he dropped it. Um, not sure if that's necessarily cousins fault, Jefferson's fault combination. Um, but those two plays would have been explosive plays, especially the Hawkinson play. You're moving the ball, you're putting pressure on the defense. You're probably getting at least three out of it. Um, the Jefferson drop would have was, would have converted, I think a second and 13. Um, so there was a couple of, plays there where you convert those everything looks a whole lot different so um it's hard to pinpoint you know without doing a ton of research on the entire season right now and knowing you know every third quarter and what the problems are but it's very evident that i think i mean i I think there is there is something to the level of complacency i think there is something there um so it's uh now i don't think the players would say yeah we kind of just get complacent but there is a level of taking their foot off the gas a little bit. And I think that's just a generally an issue with this team of put your, your foot on their throat and just finish it. And I mean, somebody pointed out to me today, um, you're up 20 to six, you get the ball to start the second half. If you go score points, especially a touchdown, the game's over. Yeah. You go, you go, go up by 23 or go up by 21 points or whatever, right. To start the second half, the game is going to be over. And I think the Vikings went three and out or four and out or something. And so there's just a level of like, there's not a killer instinct. It feels like in those sort of like, we have you on the ropes, let's kill you. Now on the flip side, this team, when their backs against the wall, that's when they play great. You know, you saw it with the defense twice making red zone stops under two minutes left in the game and um, the offense getting that, you know, that uh, necessary touchdown drive in the second half. So there is this ability to sort of, okay, I guess we need it. Let's go get it done. And that's great. And that's, that's a, a wonderful quality for a team that is running towards the playoffs, looking to make a deep run. But you also need to be able to put teams away when you have a chance, no matter if it's a good team or a poor team. And, you know, we see Detroit on Sunday. Side note: the the Lions opened as one point favorites, so there's uh, even even Vegas knows that this isn't a gimme for the Vikings. But there is there is a chance that the Vikings could get up on this Lions team because they have a poor defense. The Vikings defense is opportunistic, so you get a couple turnovers, score a couple touchdowns, you could be up by a couple scores early in the game. This Lions offense is good enough to climb back into any game. Yep. So you need to be able to put the game away if you get to that juncture. You can't you know, wait around and just, you know, hope that the defense saves you again, because 
we've we, the Lions have scored forty multiple times this year, and they're they're dangerous. They're so. potent. They're very potent. Yeah. I, I just want to point out something really quickly that you said, and I meant to say this in my opening statement, but I, I completely like got sidetracked and forgot to bring it up. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I picked Hawkinson for a game ball this week. And I even specifically said, I think I said two touchdowns and he was, one of them was going to be like a 50 plus Yaro. And yeah. <laughs> I saw him streaking all alone with five yards of separation. And I said, I, I'm going to do like I'm going to do Fortnite dances on the show. I'm going to be going off on Monday night celebrating another correct game ball pick because I feel like we have been on fire this season. And then Cousins missed him and I almost took the jersey off and put it in the trash. Like I was so <laughs> mad. Speaking of Cousins by the way, and and maybe we won't get to Kevin O'Connell and that's fine. Uh I think he's doing a good job. I'll say that for the record. But I do want to point something out because I've heard this talked about in, you know, Vikings media land today. Uh and I agree with a lot of what people are saying. This was one of Cousins' worst games I think as a Viking. Rightfully so. He was getting clobbered for most of the game. Um, he just looked so inaccurate in this game, which is kind of his thing, I think, is that he's a very accurate quarterback, whether it's intermediate show down the field, he, he puts the ball where he needs it. And he kind of mentioned that the timing was getting thrown off with, with some of the press coverage and, and some of the pressure was affecting him. And so I get all of that. I'm not, I wore the cousins jersey on purpose because I knew I was going to make this take, um, He's, he still, he did not completely melt down, which I think is what prevents it from being oh. the worst Cousins performance, but it was a really bad game from him. But that's what, and I, here we go. Here's good good production and good good hosting. He, th- th- we're going to flip it to Kevin O'Connell. I think that's what Kevin O'Connell should be applauded for the most this season is his ability. I don't know how he's done it, but when Coke in the past has thrown a pick or has – you know, went through and out whenever they needed point. He's melted down and it's felt like he's, yeah. you know, tried to false things and he, he hasn't looked good and he starts getting flustered and he holds onto the ball too long and all of the cousins gripes, right? This season, it's like he throws a pick and he comes right back out and he's chucking the ball down the field again. Like, it's like, O'Connell has him playing unfazed. And I don't know if that's like O'Connell just like has regular meetings with him and kind of talks to him about how he wants him to throw interceptions occasionally because he wants him to be aggressive or what it is. But that is what I applaud O'Connell the most for is keeping cousins in that mindset of, Oh, it's okay. Like my stats aren't great. Who cares? Let's go. We can still go win this football game. I don't care if you throw for five yards. If you are laying out the truck stick, the way that cousins was on Sunday, which he had another angry one, which he just keeps chalking those up. If, if if we win the game, we win the game. No one's going to bat an eyelash. Like, you know, you and obviously five yards is an extreme, but his stats have been not that great this year, but it, he has all these game-winning drives. He's he's performing in the clutch, and I think everybody would rather have that over, you know, great stats, but a bunch of, you know, oh, yeah. a bunch of, what, what's the word? What, a bunch of fluttering out, you know, at the end of the game and, and going down to a cousin's holding onto the ball too long sack or, or a exactly. check down on fourth and eight. So, um, yeah. yeah. What do what do you think of O'Connell? What do you, what do you think his biggest strength has been this season? Yeah. I mean, I want to, I want to piggyback on your comment about cousins a little Absolutely. bit just from yesterday and then maybe I can take a little more, but 
I think something that, and this is, I think this is credit to O'Connell and then obviously to his coaching staff, which is as a byproduct of O'Connell is this is very much a complete team. In the last few years, if Kirk Cousins didn't have a good game, the, the Vikings were going to lose, plain and simple. It's just the way it was. You know, he throws an interception or he's inaccurate. He um, is hesitant. He's, you know, off his, off his marks a little bit. The Vikings are going to lose. That's just the way it was for the last two, three years. Probably the last, probably the last four years, every time, ever since he's been here. Now the Vikings have a team and a culture and a coaching staff that is able to gut through a, you know, inconsistent performance from their quarterback and still win a game against a very good team. Right. You know, you know, it's the Jets. So, you know, everyone thinks, oh my gosh, we almost lost to the Jets. The Jets are seven and four coming into this game and in the playoff hunt still today. And um, that's a good team with a real defense and again, missing our left tackle, um, our all pro left tackle most likely. And they're able to put up enough points and play enough defense to beat a good playoff team. And that's something that, you know, this, this Vikings team would not have done in the years past. And so that's, that's gotta be credit to O'Connell in terms of getting the team to buy in and getting the team to perform at a high enough level to pick each other up. Um, the thing that I also liked, and you mentioned his ability to empower Kirk Cousins. Cousins was the one who broke the team down in the locker room yesterday. Most likely in years past, Cousins might have, you know, shrunk away from that opportunity, not necessarily wanted to break the team down, beating himself up for a poor game, or somebody else would have broken the team down, you know, somebody else that maybe had the game-winning play, Cam Bynum or somebody else. Um, Dalvin Cook had a really good game yesterday. But you can tell that Kirk Cousins is happy for his team, happy for his teammates, and Kevin O'Connell still, you know, he's still the leader, regardless of the stats, regardless of the output, regardless of the performance, Kirk Cousins is still the captain and the leader of this team. Um, and so that's something, just his level of empowerment of his A quarterback, but really his, his players in general. Yeah. I think maybe just one last thing that I'll, <clears throat> I'll mention on O'Connell that I've been really impressed by. It's, it's kind of the, uh, you know, captain obvious plastered on my forehead is just the situational mastery and to use the O'Connell, uh, catchphrase, um, the Vikings yesterday, we're not terribly efficient on offense. I think they averaged under five yards of play. Um, they had a lot of third downs. They um, only managed about 290-ish um, offensive total yards. They gave up about 490. So you look at the, the stat sheet, you think there's no way the Vikings won this game. Um, time of possession was about even, but in terms of yardage gain, that's – significant favorite of the jets but the 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 way in which the vikings won this game was was basically three things it came down to three things the turnover battle the vikings had two or the, the vikings had two takeaways the jets had zero. Third down the vikings were nine of 18 the jets were three of 16 think about that three of 16 on third down and then in the red zone the vikings were three for three scoring touchdowns the jets were one for six so that was the game. Those three things. That was the game right there. And what, that, what does that come down to? It just comes down to being able to win in the margins, as he says, win in the situations that matter. Um, 
in a way it's sort of a it's a very fine line to walk this sort of we will always be our best when our best is required another O'Connell catchphrase it's a very fine line to walk because if you make one slip up then you could lose a game you know if, if Cam Bynum doesn't read that that in-breaking route from Corey Davis in the end zone that's a touchdown and the game's over and the Vikings lose and so there's there's a very fine line to walk there, but he has been able to get his team to fully believe that in those moments, they will make the right play. You can tell they don't shrink in those moments. You can tell they don't get scared of these high leverage, high pressure situations. And so, I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's, it's kind of the obvious, but it's, it's really what he's been able to do at a masterful level. Yeah, and uh, we do have a comment. My own father is in the comment section saying that this is definitely a bend but don't break defense for show. And yeah, I, th- I think that, that that's what they want to be. And the unfortunate thing is, is like sometimes they break a lot and they give up, you know, 40 points to Dallas on a day where offense just doesn't have it at all. And so, yep. you know, it, it kind of <laughs> is what it is. Um, I do think, and I, I'm going to say this, uh, then I'm going to yell at O'Connell for something I don't like that he did yesterday. But I would rather have the defense that makes one play that it needs to make than the defense that looks really, really good for 58 minutes and then gives up a you know, game-clinching two-minute drive because yep. you know they're exhausted or because the offense is so limited because you have a defensive head coach that doesn't want to put the ball in Helm's way. So um, getting to getting to O'Con- back to O'Connell – um, I'm going, this is, this is a take I thought of while I was at work today and sitting at my desk, uh, that last Vikings offensive drive, right? We get the ball, the jets have timeouts. So the Vikings style at like the one or the two yard line. So very little space. We run the ball. I say, okay, let's throw it here. We run the ball. I say, okay, I disagree heavily with the second down run. But let's let's go ahead. Let's 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 run the ball on third down. There are there, honestly in that situation, you can say there are no correct answers for O'Connell because if he runs it, it's probably going to get stuffed, and they're going to use a timeout, and we're going to have to pump back. If we throw it, we can stop the clock, leave them a timeout. You know, there's a lot that can go on, and so you know maybe maybe i think you brought this up maybe you get a holding in the end zone or, or you know rather than take a set you know there's a lot that can go wrong there is one no no correct answers there's one wrong answer and that is running a pitch in the end zone because i can remember just two or three years ago we ran a pitch while trying to run out the clock against i think it no it wasn't the dolphins i can't remember who it was against we ran a pitch maybe it was pittsburgh and dalvin fumbled the ball and luckily, we get it back. We chew the rest of the clock out. Just don't don't pitch the ball. If the goal is to chew clock, don't pitch the ball. I like it. It just doesn't make sense. If Cousins slips while he's you know tossing the ball, yep. ball goes out of the back of the end zone. Now it's a three point game because you get safety. God forbid it hits off Dalvin's helmet and a Jets player catches it. So he made a very bad decision with that pitch call. I would have thrown it there. That made me very upset. Um, because I would have like I I do think that Jefferson would have had a one on one, and send it to I mean you know what I mean send it to him yeah. if we get the first down the game's over and and I kind of I'm of that mentality I see the, the argument for the running plays but um you know overall I'm gonna say I'm happy and that is my question to you are you happy with Kevin O'Connell are you do you think he's going to be successful long term 
Oh, dude, I am I am so happy with Kevin O'Connell. Right. <laughs> um, I am, um, and a lot of it, you know, is like, oh my gosh, we're ten and two. Um, but the I think the piece that I am just enamored by with this guy is he's very personable. He's very approachable, not only with his players and his coaches, but with the media. Um, you can tell that when he gets behind the microphone, he's not looking to dodge questions. He's upfront. He's honest. He leads with addressing his players' injuries in most in most press conferences, which to me is a sign that he's concerned about the players' health and well-being. And then we can talk about some X's and O's. Right. Um, he defers a lot. He's very good at delegating. Um, he doesn't take the mic out of anybody else's hands. He defers to his training staff with injuries, all those things. But I mean, honestly, the main thing, you know, apart from his ability to, like I've already talked about, get his team ready to play in difficult situations and win these games is his demeanor is just impeccable for a head coach. He's gracious. He's grateful. He's um, humble. Something I actually think might be a little bit of a problem with him is I don't know if he trusts himself enough. I think that might be the one thing that I would maybe if I were maybe a uh, Kevin O'Connell life coach, or if I was one of his assistant coaches, I would be banging on his door and telling him, Kevin, you are a very good head coach. Your, this season speaks for itself. The fact that you were going to get the head or the, the play calling responsibilities in Los Angeles this season, if you stayed speaks for itself, you need to believe in yourself and your ability to especially call plays. He is a very, very smart offensive coach. You can tell by the way he schemes people open. He gets these wide open, wide open plays for not only Jefferson, but also guys like Johnny Munt who can run for 15 yards. Johnny Munt has no business running for 15 yards on anything. And so in those situations where it's like you said, second and seven from your own four yard line, you are a smart enough head coach to get somebody wide open in the flat for a nice four to six yard game. And so I think that is one thing where it's clear he trusts his players. It's clear that he um, believes in his team. But I think there's that that element of trust yourself that the preparation that you've done and the, and the plays that you have put in the playbook will work for the players that you trust. And so I think there's that element where I would just, I would like him. I think it'll continue to evolve. I mean, he's, this is his first year doing this. And so he's trying to figure out his own rhythm, but um, hopefully as we go in this season and even, you know, in seasons to come, I would imagine when we get in these situations where it's, you know, like yesterday, under two minutes left, the team we're playing has three timeouts. If we get a first down, the game is over. I think there's going to be a lot more creativity. I think there's going to be some um, hopefully more passing. That'll be something that we'll, that we'll get to see. And hopefully um, we can see O'Connell blossom a little bit more there, but in general, I am, I'm thrilled that Kevin O'Connell's our head coach. He's someone that I think is, he, he shows himself to be a role model for kids. Um, he makes coaching look attractive in the NFL. Um, which has, you know, in previous years been dominated by old curmudgeon white guys. And I think something now or like this youth movement, he is like the poster boy for that. You know, he's positive, he's gracious, he's grateful, he's excitable. He's, he's rah-rah to a good degree. Um, he jokes around with his team. 
Um, he's great with the media. Um, so, and he's also a very good um, schematic head coach and has yeah. put together a very, a very good plan to win these games. So yeah, I'm very grateful for Kevin O'Connell. <laughs> um, I think I would like to see him stay with this franchise for a long time. Um, so that's where I'm at with him. I, I have no qualms about saying that. I think, and I'm not like that with all of, you know, all coaches. Like I think anyway, but yeah, that's my, that's my Kevin O'Connell soapbox. Um, yeah, no, I think it's a good soapbox to stand on. Um, 10 and two is that's very, very good. I guess we'll see. I will see what the future holds. I'm, I don't really want to in, in previous years, I've been very quick to jump to, you know, oh, let's look at the draft. Oh, let's look at this. Let's look at that. Not this season. I mean, this season, yeah, I had the quarterback tracker, and I'm still like, I mean, Anthony Richardson declared today, and I'm like, when's he gonna go? Because I might, there might be some interest there for me. But like, I don't care. Who cares about the draft? I'd trade every draft pick we had to get some more defensive talent and a new defensive coordinator in the building because we got a window <laughs> here, man. Like, this is an opportunity yeah. that you got to you got to pounce on and. I don't know. I'm going to quickly plug the sponsors and then I'll give you a chance to, to say goodbye and everything. But like, just make sure that you're following the Twitter at LTB Vikings. Make sure you're following this guy, this one right here, at Will Bad Lose, goat Twitter handle. Make sure you check out the Bad Loser blog. Uh, go shop at Unified Athletic Wear. Um, not only do they have just regular, comfy, you know, dry fit, workout apparel, um, things you could wear to like a business casual office, things like that. But like, they also make just elite, you know, uniforms, whether it be softball, volleyball. I mean, I'm sure tennis, they could do tennis for you. They, uh, they work with some really cool design or with a really cool design team that they put you in touch with. And, um, you know, they can get what you have up in your, this is, this is why I can't like, I don't draw. And so I can think of really beautiful things that should go on a job. I can't get, you know what I mean? Like I can't get it out. And so they've got people that help open your mind and get the pretty things into, you know, being tangible and in your hands and, and on your team. So, uh, check out unified, uh, you know, for any of any of your needs, uh, and then also check out VikingsTerritory.com for you know all of the all of the articles and news and, and speculation about the Vikings. Um, Kevin O'Connell, greatest coach in Vikings history. I think that's been decided tonight. Um, <laughs> and Coach Cousins is a bum again. I think that's where we landed. Uh, yep. So I think we can be happy. We'll see where I stand on Wednesday. The Cousins jersey might have a. Might have a tape over the back, and I might put Bradford on it. Uh, you know, after after I flamed him tonight, I, I didn't really, but uh, yeah, I'll let you get your final thoughts in, and then and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, last thing I want to say is, um, Caleb Evans, I think has has stolen my heart a little bit on this defense, and um, for one thing, I think he's just he's a great fit for the fan base of the locker room. He's a ton of fun on social media. He's got a great personality. Um, I feel for him again, he's in concussion protocol for the, uh, the second time now. And, you know, just like Christian Derrissaw. So I have not been able to check and see how his concussion uh, results. He is out. Did you see he's out? Yes, he is. They, they said they're not taking any chances. They ruled him out. Okay. So, I mean, that's, it's a, it's a blow for him. It's a blow for the defense. The Vikings should have Cam Dantzler back on Sunday. That is, that is our hope there uh, to jump back into the starting lineup. But I am just, I'm just a big fan of Evans 
especially when it comes to his play on the field. He is fearless in the run game. Um, he sticks his nose in there and makes big hits. He's not one of those corners who's going to go for your ankles. He's going to lower his shoulder into yours and try and drive you back. And I think that's something that's really admirable for a skinny cornerback. Um, big fan of his. I, I think also he made a nice pass breakup yesterday down the left sideline. Um, just unfortunate. I mean, he was making a physical pass defense in the middle of the field and got leveled by his own teammate yesterday. Could clearly see he knocked his head on the turf. Um, so praying for the guy, hoping that he is able to recover and can come back healthy and doesn't have any more lasting issues. Um, him and Darisar are both kind of in a rough spot with that. But just wanted to say, you know, big shout out to Caleb Evans. I'm a big fan of his, and I just I hope that he continues to play well and hopefully get healthy. I love the Kevin O'Connell soapbox followed by on top of that soapbox. You're going to need a step stool to climb up onto these soapboxes. For Caleb Evans, um, if my mic was a better quality, I would clap, but I think it would actually sound terrible. So um, <laughs> really, really enjoy that. But um, we're going to get out of your guys' hail. Make sure to tune in on Wednesday. We're previewing uh, I, this, this is a Cousins phrase, a hat and T-shirt game. Vikings win, and they clinch the division, point blank, period, no questions about it. Uh, so we'll preview in that game Wednesday night. Make sure to tune in, be there, be square. Also, need to throw this in there. Um, you can find the podcast now. We're on all of your favorite podcasting apps. Check that out as well if you need another way to get this uh, load-the-box content in your life. And finally, after I ramble on and on and on, skull y'all.